0: All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Raised Hunting Podcast. Is there any people that I need to do a shout-out to?
1: No, but I do. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. I know exactly who's shouting out because you, whoever this is, should not be encouraging. Oh, you shut up.
0: Encouraging the big head. Yeah. He He already has From,
1: hold on. This is my turn to
2: talk. From Brady Jerry, he says, love the podcast. Always a good time when Warren goes off topic. Keep it up. Also, What do you suggest trying to plant in areas with poor soil? So we'll get to the second part in a second. But I'm just saying. In light of that, I'm introducing a new section into the podcast.
1: Well, you haven't passed this with us. It's going to be
2: fun, wacky facts with Warren. Oh, Lord. So this one is Do you know what a lie bird is? Hey, hold up. Hold on. Do you want to do this in the beginning? I'm doing it right now. Do you know what a lie bird is? A lie bird? Yes.
0: Bird that can't tell the truth.
2: No. (laughs) Good idea, though. It's, it's a, No, it's the bird that does the daytime. Nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one, but no. <laughs> uh, I don't know what bird you're talking about. The ly bird can mimic almost any sound it hears, including chainsaws. So you know what my idea is with this thing? Oh,
0: Lord, I can't wait to hear this.
2: I am going to go catch a lie bird. Where do these things live? I'm going to help it record elk, deer, turkeys. And just carry it on your shoulder. Yeah, I'm going to figure out how to get the thing, like, push a button, and it mimics these
1: sounds perfectly. Turn me up just a little. Turn that, me up.
2: That's so much. Then maybe even we should sell them. A yeah, live bird.
1: That's it. I wonder why they call them. Dad, those birds that I'm talking about, they have their wings. They're blackbird that walk around in the water. And there's a funny video that they clo- they put their wings over their head, and they go, daytime. Or it goes, daytime. Nighttime, (laughs) Daytime. But they do it so they can get to pretty good
2: impersonation. They do it so they can see see
1: in the water, you know, when you got a shadow. Are you sure that's a lemur? It's not a lemur, bro. A lemur's not a bird. No, it sounds like King Julian. Oh no, that's probably the same voice doing it, but
0: I don't know. All right. Well, welcome back to today's podcast, and today we're gonna learn about liebirds. Yeah, we're gonna I, I was <laughs> gonna tell you we're gonna talk a little bit about bear hunting out west because Easton is back. We did a podcast without him last week. And
1: which was unfair. Ooh. I did not know about this. I feel like my loyalty has been disbanded between my family and my
0: well, Nick f- filled in just just really I mean, appreciate really that. worked well, you know. I'm so.
1: almost mad at you more than him because when you were gone, we did a podcast with just me and Warren because we didn't want to replace you. But I see you think Nick can replace me, so
0: we're all expendable.
1: We could just get a lie bird and have it copy everything that you <laughs> <laughs> That would be kind of cool. <laughs> we I could
2: just have, have it stand in. Yeah, I wonder if you can. Did you
1: say where they live? Night time.
2: uh Africa. Night
1: time. Night time. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, wherever koalas. Can you are. get them for a pet? That'd Australia. Be Australia. Koalas. Yeah. Australia. Dude, a koala bear would not live okay. a day in Africa.
0: Are we going to get started with this podcast? or Are we going? Yeah, you're going to answer
2: his question real quick, though. What, you, I um, thought uh, it was. You, it, what do you suggest trying to plant areas? With why don't porch you answer soils? his question, Mister Bighead? I can't answer that. I already. We already know that. I'm not a food plot guy. I
1: say we do that a little bit for the first half. The like second half, we can talk about the bear hunt. With what people have asked.
0: Well, him. the the thing is, if you got poor soil, the first thing is to try to get better soil. So I would try to see if you can get do some. You want to do a, a soils test with your soil? Run that to a local co op. Let them tell you what it needs, and see if it. You know, if it's if it's you something have to do that's that, affordable. Even
1: with like the Antler King pH test. Yeah, that's what that that's is. not what, immediate. That's what it does. Yeah, is, that's it what it does.
0: Do it gives you a pH. But you can go a little farther than that. You can take yeah. it to a co-op, and they'll actually tell you some yeah, other things. In there, yeah, I was going to yes.
1: say. But with that pH test, you don't have to take that anywhere. No, you can do you that yourself. Right and then you, yeah. but, then, but that's when
2: you see people using like truckloads of lime and stuff,
0: right? Yeah, but it depends on how well, big they just the area come drop is, too. It. You know,
1: I mean, if you're doing a food plot, it's it wouldn't be that much if you got to put. Lime. They'll drop it for you, and you just spread it. You could do it with your hand spreader. Yeah, I mean, I mean unless it's you have just a really big cost.
0: Uh, I don't know what the cost of it is. It varies depending on where you live. In a year. But a lot of it is, it seems like the average number on stuff is around 300 pounds per acre. And that's not really that much, especially if it comes in 50-pound bags. You're talking six bags.
1: It actually is. I mean, I thought it was a ton, it too. It seems like a ton. but We went a, and did all of our potash, yeah. on oh, per acre. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's not that bad. And, and one lineman
1: per acre.
2: One, one lineman. lineman? Yeah, like a football lineman, 300 pounds.
0: Oh, jeez.
2: Sure. If you parted them all out, you know, that's not that... Why would you think... That is sick. That's around 300 pounds. Okay.
0: Okay. So anyhow, so that would be the first thing is check your soil. See if you can get the... the, Because then you could plant whatever. You could put, you know, uh, annual in there or perennial. Um, You know, it seems like... Uh, antler king makes some stuff that's harder for harder to grow stuff i would have to before i go and shout out a like a best case scenario the, the one that that comes to mind that i definitely think that it just grows very easily is clover clover is just not that difficult to grow you also so don't need, need much use. for
1: it as far as like it can be in a shadier area it can be in have, the sunlight and it's going to do all right they have
0: it's two gonna... different so trophy clover is made to grow in the very sunny area so if it's something that's going to get baked by the sun Trophy Clover is the way to go. Then they have the Game Changer Clover, which is actually made for shaded areas. Um, so that would be one place that I would look at going. And, and Clover just seems to be the go-to Nick can vouch for it. we've been sitting in a tree and watched them walk right through my turnips and r- and everything to go to the clover
1: until you get to late season. Yeah. Until
0: you get to late season, and then it's not going to help you as much for sure. But, but
2: I like the walk ones though where you clover. do the turnips and clover like that because Mixed, you have you, yeah both. You cover both seasons absolutely. Yeah. Then they'll so. walk
1: through your clover and hit your turnips. You could
2: so. also does Jolt work on turnips too or just, uh, just Jolt to work clover. on anything. Jolt works
0: on anything, but Clover Fuel works clover on fuel. just yeah, Clover. Yeah, okay. Um, so that it'll, it will fuel your clover, but it won't fuel your grasses and things like that that might get in there that you don't want to make everything grow. You just want your clover to grow.
1: Hey, this is an um, idea for anybody but, out there that's listening that could maybe help us. If you can come up with a cheap way and a viable way to actually do this, please let us okay, know.
0: I know where you're going.
1: To learn how we all of our food plots are near some form of creek, okay? So if you have a way that... You home, all you DIYers out there that I'm sure are listening, let us know if you got a way to irrigate a food plot for cheap, not a freaking whole entire setup. Anyways,
0: especially if it's a quarter mile. But anyhow, long story short, what was the gentleman's first name? Uh, Jeremy?
1: No, Brady, I believe. Brady, Brady Jeremy. See, Warren has a new friend. He doesn't even remember his name. See, Brady, you're on the wrong side. You should be on our side, not Warren's. Why would... Yeah, the boring side. No, we're fun. Clearly, yeah, see, I did. Brady.
2: Brady clearly wants to be on the fun side. He is fun.
0: We will direct message message Brady back. I'll answer that once I do some research.
2: Yeah, and Brady, just so you know, the only reason that we didn't reply on Spotify is because I still can't figure out how it won't let us (laughs) as the creator of the podcast reply. If I'm being honest, I don't even know how to comment on Spotify. That's what I'm saying is I'd... As no, I'm from our that, account, I don't know,
1: like, meaning from the, the account that posts the podcast. I don't know. Well, I, I can't, can't figure it out. I can't figure out how to comment on a podcast when I'm not that person, when I'm just listening.
0: We have a tough enough time just doing the podcast. Oh, there he goes the big fart blossom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. what else, Is there any other tips you
2: got for? That could probably be a whole other podcast.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Do we want to
2: talk about a bear?
0: We do want to talk a about non-existent a non-existent bear. bear? No, no. So this should Existent
2: be... Existent but non-existent. This should be about a six-minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Two for the cub, two for the mom, two for the other cub.
1: There we go. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is that Warren bailed on it because he knew he wouldn't be able to handle it. You're right. Somebody had to handle the business. Yeah. Okay. Well, we went on a bear hunt, and it was a good time. We went in Idaho which everybody, we've been telling everybody that we we're going to be going. And you are so graceful in letting us know what we were getting into or the fact of what we didn't know what we were getting into. And, oh, boy. Uh-huh. Well, I think. Yeah, you here, are right.
0: Here's something that I think that when you when you go hunt with an outfitter, you're the, you are the person that I want to talk to. And what I mean by that is if I'm looking for a reference to go hunt with someone, I want to find someone that wasn't successful that says they would go back. Yep. and hunt with that guy again. And that seems to be the case. So 100%. I think you should do a shout-out to
1: John with Wind River Outfitters. Right, out of Idaho, because yeah. so
0: apparently there's a couple Wind River Outfitters.
1: Yep. Yeah, John and Mandy, the, it's just a couple that runs it. And, oh, man, the food. If you want to just go have a vacation that's going to be a terrible <laughs> vacation because of the physical exertion you're going to have to do, you're going to have some great food, I'll give you that. Like, all Dutch oven. Like legitimate, all Dutch oven, cakes in Dutch oven, apple crisp in Dutch oven, spaghetti. oh! Which that must be more of a Western thing because I don't really
2: see that here. But it was all the time when we we lived in Montana.
1: You have anywhere for access to an oven here?
2: Yeah, but it's like a... (laughs) Or a grill. You can put a
1: grill anywhere. But it's like a campfire thing. I mean, it's just something people do when they're camping. Up there, though, that's not a choice. They have to do Dutch oven because they can't have, like... Half of their spots, whether it's national forest or wilderness, is different laws. So, like, in the wilderness, which is where some of their camps are, they can't have any propane. They can't have any, like, uh, artificial flames or anything. Like, they can't have a chainsaw. They can't have... What the, they what couldn't is have considered a, an artificial flame? Like, something that's actually producing the flame. Like it's like not a, propane a natural fuel. Like, a pro, using yeah, propane? Yeah, that's so stupid. And then they can't... Like, they couldn't even have a wheelbarrow up there if they wanted to because it has a wheel. It's a mechanical advantage. And so, yeah, it's especially, like, especially the chainsaw part because they'll hire these people to come in and do their trail work and everything, and they they can't use power tools. A wheelbarrow is a mechanical advantage. It's got a wheel.
0: It's no different than going to a national park, and you can't pick up a rock, can't pick up a stick, you're not supposed to touch anything, can't look at an antler, take a picture of it, and lay it back down. Let I can me- understand that, though,
2: just because I feel like in a national park, you know— If you let that go on anything, people are going to start doing it on everything.
1: Well, that's how it is there because we were hunting. Someday we were hunting national forests, and you literally just – like the peak that you stop on and you tie your horses up to, one side is national forest, the other side is wilderness, and the wilderness is super thick the only only clear cuts you're seeing are areas that have burned or whatever. So what are they on the is the forest, difference
2: in the national forest and the
1: wilderness area? The national forest you can like you can have dirt bikes in there. That's where they're doing logging. That's where they'll do uh, like they control the fires and stuff or they But don't. Wilderness is only wilderness foot. is all natural. Leave,
0: leave it alone. 100% don't touch
1: it. You can take a horse in there, but you can't you couldn't go driving a four-wheeler back in there, none of that. And so there's no logging allowed in any of those places or anything. What about electric bikes? No, because wheels. Wheels. Okay. Literally anything, like all the way down to like they they still use the freaking horse name wheels. Yeah, very fun. (laughs) They still use the two man saws for (laughs) he's shaking his head like he doesn't make corny
2: freaking dad jokes. He does deliver them better. All
0: right, come on, let's get with this bear hunt because we've heard enough about the forest.
1: Okay, well, Warren we can't to see be the intrigued. forest through the trees. I was trying to paint a picture, so that anybody listening could see. Anyways, it's a little boring. We had a five it? day. It's just a line. There's natural and there's not natural. Anyways, you suck at painting, but I got it. Okay, there was it was five days, and we saw. I mean, if I knew what I was doing better, I feel like we would have seen more, but I didn't. So like this was a whole new thing for them too, as far as. Uh, my bucket list, then I don't know why this is my no, This is my number one, actually. I mean, not in order of. I guess we'll explain to them first why you it, you made it so much more difficult that's than normal. I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. Oh, you're just taking. It's forever. not
2: if you just <laughs> shut up for two seconds. He's t- whining about the forest. I mean, I'm trying to listen. All right,
1: do you guys not want to do this one?
2: No. You guys not want to talk about the birth? yes? Yes. Holy I... cow!
1: We're waiting. You're so impatient. I'm trying to talk about it. So the uh, my bucket list, I didn't intentionally put that on the top, but I have a bunch of them. Like some of the ones you want to do too. But a spot and stock bear hunt in a high country, like actual high country. Uh, I believe
0: that you would consider where you were high this, country. This is, I mean, <laughs> yeah. as much as I
1: had a picture in my head of or like an idea of what I wanted to do, that's what it was. Like if I went to Canada, it's not the. I mean, there's certain, like BC would be, I mean, uh, high it'd be high country. But like where we've gone to Saskatchewan, that yeah. I have no intention like that doesn't trip flat my country head. i go back huh? there so that's flat country yeah, yeah. that's my po- no i'm saying for the spot and stock portion of it like oh, that's no, not really going there and spot and that's stock. not I what go i'm looking there,
0: for go back there get in a tree stand and shoot a big bear
1: but as far as a 5 a 5 day hunt of we are hiking up cliffs and i'm not exaggerating like it's genuinely you you're either working around cliffs or walking like to a point where you can jump onto the next rock or whatever else you're sitting on stuff that's 1000 feet down and, like, you ten, go 10 minutes on your horse, and you've already raised or climbed 1,000 feet in elevation every day. And uh, the first day we had, this one was my own stupidity that I didn't know. But we, I think
2: you need to explain to people, too, that most people aren't going out there doing it the way that you did it. They're sitting on baits.
1: Yeah, that's what a spot, spot and stock is different than bait. Yeah,
2: I know, but it's what I'm, it, well, I would just explain to people that, that that's an option, and you just you, didn't want to a do A lot it of that places,
1: way. I mean, out there... I th- I think just about all of them do it pretty similarly. in the outfitters that are in that area, they have a section and they run their baits. And so he had, I want to say, f- four different baits that were up there, or something that were active, and they had trail cameras on them. And so you can either sit on baits, and you're, you're, I mean, you're sitting twenty, thirty yards, whatever it is, from the bait, or run hounds. And so his hounds will go out, and they'll, you ride, you stay on your horses, you go up, and his once his, once his hounds strike something you're basically going as far as you can on the horses with the trail until you can get off and go find them whatever well all those i mean the bait i wasn't as interested in the hounds were interesting to me but the spot and stock i wanted to be able to go find the bear stock the bear like full on especially with a bow so for them it was completely different because they've done like i said hounds and baits so they were that's why he was so excited for us to come do this because with a bow for one they're I didn't talk to anybody out there the bow hunts. Everybody, I actually I saw one guy that had a uh, a bow with him, but other than that, everybody rifle hunts and everybody's doing it like sitting on a bait or something. And I don't have anything wrong with that. But for my budget, but if was, you also look at also that country, like, yeah,
0: it's big, huge country. It's mm. I mean. it's not uncommon to shoot three, four, five, six hundred yards across a canyon. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, or even to get across the canyon is is a mile, some walk.
0: Yeah, I mean, it may only be a few hundred yards across, but you can't get over there.
1: There was um, one of the places that we were hunting primarily was called Hall Canyon, and he said it changes names real quick because if there's bear in it, it becomes Hell Canyon really quick, and, of course, our second day there's a bear in it. I was like, well, I guess I'm getting to experience Hell Canyon real quick because it's literally the one side is thick, thick timber of this brush stuff that you got to try to walk through, which we ended up in on accident for a mile straight, straight up where you can't even, I couldn't even see my feet with how thick everything was. And then the other side is all rocks, but it's like, I mean, it took us a solid, I want to say hour and a half just to get to the bottom, like the canyon of it, and then let alone trying to go back up um so it's a tough country i mean the bears are there if it gives you any reference at all we always tell people like baiting when you're in canada if you didn't bait i mean there's a lot of bears there but you ain't ever gonna see them ever because it's such a v- so vast and so i mean it'd just be tough and, to and th- thick like it's just thick. the same yeah. thing for
2: hundreds uh-huh. of miles well here if you guys had sat on a bait um, we would have killed
1: we would i would have killed two or three different bears so every bait though was there one there at at least some point. Yeah, because I was actually just talking to him because what we were doing is so I used the baits kind of as an aid to see what's there, and that's what he had done. So he had pulled some, he had actually set some baits where they were lower, so to try to pull some bears down, sort of where they were hanging out in areas where we could kind of get to them a little bit better. And so I would check the cameras and we'd go in every day, and one of them had he had I mean it was like a th- probably a three hundred fifty some pound beautiful black, like jet black bear, which for them is more rare than a chocolate bear. 70% of their population there is chocolates. And so it was uncommon to see a very, very jet black bear. But he was during the day, the day before we got there at like four or something. And then the first bait, there was one that was there every day. Um, And he was there, he he would either be there in the morning or in the evening during daylight. And occasionally he'd be there twice a day. And then he just sent me pictures of I'd learned while I was there is bears are totally different animals, obviously they're not like our white tails where we're patterning them, or elk where you know they're going to and from, or whatever you're like it seems really, really random. I mean, they might have an area, but they move, they're just kind of moseying around all the time, so it's a matter of finding where they're moseying around. Well, I found a spot where I told him I said, I think that up there is." Not necessarily where you're going to go sit there and see every bear that's in here, but I think that if you went up there and you hung it took enough time to stay in that one area, it seems like all these bears that are we know is here, 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 and here are going to cross up there. We well, just sent me pictures yesterday of um, two of the days that we were there. There was two different bears, good bear, one beautiful chocolate bear, and another black bear that's probably 300 plus two, um, right on that bait that was during the daylight. So point being, they're there. Right. Like there's, there was probably eight to 10 bears that we were hunting that we knew were there doing it the way I was doing it is, I mean, some people call me stupid. Some people already have called me stupid, but I, the, for me, it was the challenge in the, the Where you water work out of it. I yeah. And, not... it, and I mean, looking, I, I was kind of curious to myself if I'm going to go check, cause I was checking the cameras just to see, I wasn't going to hunt them, but I wanted to know if the bear had been in that area or if he was there that night kind of thing. And I was like, I wonder if I'm going to regret if I don't kill one coming back and being like, well, I should do sat the baits for the couple of days because I would have had an opportunity at a like probably a 275 pound bear, a 350 pound bear, another 300 pound bear. Like, I mean, he has put, the opportunities for him.
2: Put it into perspective for people that have no idea what you're talking about. I correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong. I feel like this probably would have been a hunt though where you're sitting over the bait, probably morning and evening. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, okay, we'd have so gotten up there. you're sitting almost as you can, all man. day, and you're probably—if you see a bear that day—you probably did pretty good. You're probably not seeing two, three, four. Bears Typically, it's
1: bait. not. I mean, yeah. If they're if they're showing up during the day, it's they're pretty consistent as far as the bear that is showing up there. Now they'll rotate, but you could be waiting on one. You're waiting on one, and because
2: right. where then, Canada people go to Canada 10, expecting 15. yes.
0: Yeah, and you're not going to see that. And we've hunted with a few different outfitters out of Canada and a few different places. And I would say, on average, what I've told people is you'd see somewhere between three to five bears a night. Yeah. That would be an average. Now, we've had some nights, all of us have But you're also only hunting nights. Yeah, you're not hunting any mornings. Well, a few people I know of went in the mornings. Why didn't we ever do that? Just because you didn't need to? Didn't need to. They just felt like, the guides felt like, you know the bears get used to them baiting and knowing they're coming in there and freshening stuff at a certain time they drop you off when they do that and so and two o'clock you actually have eight hours to hunt you know you're yeah, sitting till nine thirty ten o'clock you know
2: of all the big bears we saw and killed up there how many do you, do you think were right after the guides left
0: for me none
2: the one that, that gigantic one that though gi- that you guys should have killed that one was close wasn't it?
0: Oh, no, we'd already had like 10, 12 bears in when oh, that one okay. showed up, and then the one that the biggest one I've ever killed, he was the last bear that I saw, last new bear.
2: Well, my big one was
0: right after they 40 left.
1: Forty minutes after they left, yep. I was I just wondering kind of if none mine have been after. We saw a lot beforehand.
0: We all, I mean, it's not uncommon to see a bear, but typically it wasn't your big ones.
2: I just wondered if maybe those big bears had figured out, you know, that they just refreshed it and they could go and get. You know, the beaver first or whatever before any of the other bears got there. I don't know
0: because the first bear that I ever killed was a big bear, and he and he we literally saw him leaving. We were walking in. We had to that one they couldn't take a quad all the way to it, so they were carrying bait in. There's like four of us, two yeah, guys. That'd be awful. And they were walking in with this yeah, stuff, and we look across this like lagoon, and there's a bear. And so real quick, I got binoculars on it, and I was like, "Well, he's got a big scar on his back." Didn't think much about it. We went over to the bait. They baited everything. We climbed in the blind. They hadn't been gone 15 minutes when a bear showed up. And this is my first time doing this. I'm like, oh, yeah, I I have no idea whether this is a big bear or not. Ended up shooting the bear. Long story short is there was a scar.
1: Um, So he
0: had actually, you know, heard us come in and went turned around and came back because there was nothing in the barrel when we got there.
1: Yeah.
2: So how are they getting the bait in there? Horses. <clears throat> now oh, Grant, that's screw no, that's that,
1: no, that's man. the next thing I was going to say is that the baiting even is significantly different. Yeah, because it's hard. It's there. You got two or three big fifty-gallon metal drums.
2: Idaho is yeah, Like, provide for when 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 Easton says that in Canada they take trailers in
1: like full of gummy bears and M and yeah, I M's mean, and there's all kinds of stuff. And yeah,
0: oats and. All kinds of stuff that they feed those bears.
1: These ones simply like they bait it maybe every every once in a while. It's not super consistent, but it's a it's probably only about that long of like a, this. I don't even, it looks like a, like those oxygen tanks kind of because it's only about that big around. So I mean, anybody that's looking is like a decent sized tree trunk kind of. I guess in your Midwest, um, and then maybe three feet, and that's it. And what they put in there is a tub of, uh, like, fry oil, some frosting and stuff, and, uh, like, candy and crap. And they'll dump one of them in there, and some alfalfa. I don't know why. Some And they'll dump that in there, and then uh, they have, like, two holes in the side of it. And so, even though it was just a tub about that big, I mean, it was, like, probably one of them two- or three-gallon, t- like, those Antler King ones, the small buckets. It's like that. And, uh so you'll have two or three on each of the saddle packs for the horses they'll they keep make sure it's even because your weight has to be even for them but they just put one in every couple of days and they, they don't i mean you'll see them they like it that way because as in the outfitter does john does because when they come in now they don't have i mean Canada they're getting to stay there long enough because there's so much to eat yeah here so they're coming to it because I mean, they want to eat it, but they are sitting there for a while. They got to reach their paws in and try to okay. make them work. Actually, pull it. some out, and it lasts a while. So mm-hmm. it's what movie is alfalfa from?
0: Alfalfa, the the little, little rascals. Little rascals. Little You're talking rascals. about alfalfa, the person.
2: Yeah, I didn't know alfalfa was a grass until like 16. <laughs> that is embarrassing. <laughs> I always thought it was a was that movie character, and it was confused oh. me. And then I figured out that
1: they <laughs> should have named him that. That's funny. Yeah, but that that stuff lasts a while. But that to me was different too, because I'm like, how the heck are you guys? Yeah, about well, I, to, he why? Why tell me? That's the? Why put alfalfa in there? I think it helps think it, it hold it, some of the stuff and, together, and it's and they
0: use a lot of oats and stuff. The bears will eat a. They're herbivore. They're not a carnivore exclusively. I mean, they'll eat meat and, they're and stuff an omnivore. like omnivore. Omnivore is what I meant. They're yeah. Omnivore a means they eat both. A,
1: a middlevore? Oh yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> Right. They'll crisis. eat
0: meat and they'll eat grow, um, greens and things yeah, like that because they feed them a lot yeah. of oats and stuff. And you would think, like, bears would be, if, if, for someone who's not hunted them, you would think, like, when they come to a bait in Canada where there's a whole bunch of it, that they would just be like pigs, you know, just gorge themselves real yeah. fast. They're very picky. They yeah,
1: They pick what they want.
0: Yeah, they take their time and they're very curious as to <laughs> what different things are and sift through things and stuff like that. It's really kind of like I see dogs that are way more aggressive about eating than bears are. Yeah. You know, so um Dan, yeah, he does. Yeah,
1: yeah but, he goes ape. Um so I guess just to I mean you like I said we had probably we were hunting two drainages mainly. Granted when I say two drainages it's They're like huge. freaking canyons, but I mean two one this side or this side kind of thing. And there's bait on this side and a bait on that side. You're never <clears throat> close to them really at all besides when we go in there to check the camera first day he tells me hey you're going to drop down this side and the the first plan was to call a little bit and so the only experience i've had from that was with you and warren and we see the one cross the road and we got out and we called it in to like well just start like 10 yards or right. something and dad shot shoots him and so i I couldn't even. I was so young. I didn't even remember what you used. I thought it was just something in distress. It was, I think
0: I just had a diaphragm call.
1: Yeah. So I was like, he's telling me to bring calls and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't have a clue. Well, did you have
2: that intentionally when we were doing that? Oh, or I
1: yeah. just happened to have it in the truck or something.
0: No, I have. I- I It works. The problem the, the scary it. thing about where we were was we yeah, were grizzlies. in grizzly country so I didn't use it very often and yeah. and the only reason I was willing to do it then and still I look back on it and I say that's pretty risky three of us and all we had was a bow I don't think I had, I had bear it. spray. Oh you did I have bear spray. I had nothing else because
1: yeah. I was just standing in the back. I was like he here was, I'll just look around with bear spray. He was spray. out sitting with it out. Right. Yeah, you said have it ready. I was okay. like all right. <laughs> 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 just scanning with my bear spray.
0: But we were in grizzly country blowing a you know, blowing a predator call, yeah. predator call, a prey call. To what,
1: what
2: would have been the odds though, of having a, you know, grizzly as well? That exact spot right where we just watched a black bear run across. Pretty good.
0: The well, what you don't know there's is so many. If there'd been if a there kill a there, one. yeah, but for the reason
2: those weirdos never crossed the road. Yeah, but we were on their side. We're on that side. We're of on the road. correct yeah, side. Yeah, but we were only like a hundred yards off of it. No, I think... I'm
0: just saying, we didn't know. I look back now and to say I didn't know if that bear was coming off a kill, going to a kill, yeah. and there could have been a grizzly already there, and you know.
1: Yeah, that's
2: wild. That's honors. where that's black bears don't get along with the grizzlies though. Either don't, they, they don't, try they to get, get away. Don't they? get away. Yeah.
0: Grizzlies have just a totally. They don't like anybody.
2: No, I hate them. Yeah, they're grumpy. No, but or, they they don't like anyone either. <laughs> I know. That's why I don't like them because they're assholes. <laughs> they even.
0: I mean, in my opinion, they're they they worry me more than a rattlesnake more than any yeah, kind of spider. Yeah, because a bite.
2: rattlesnake can't eat your face off. I can kill you. <laughs> Anyways, and you had one try to eat you off a four
1: wheeler. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty valid. good reason to not like them. Yeah, I don't like them. They're un- they're they're unpredictable a lot of times. Yeah, but even even these bears that he warned us because he has video of these black bears charging them multiple times, because these bears don't see anybody either. So they're so unaccustomed to what a human is. Oh, these bluff
2: charges though, or like they had to stop. No, they something.
1: full on. they had a, a out or a, gu- or a client that was there that had to. He shot it. Um, Was it his pistol or his rifle? John did or the client? The client. The client had already shot it. It drops to the ground and charges him. And he had to shoot it two or three times until it dropped right in front of him. And Mandy has footage of it on her phone. Because she was just standing there like, you better shoot. You better shoot him. <laughs> and the guy freaking drops him and he skids right in front of him. That's well, different, though, when you already wounded him.
0: Yeah. Wounded there,
1: him. No, but, like, they've had multiple bears that are just pissy when they're there as opposed to just kind of being like, huh, what are you? And just turn around doing their own thing. But he tells us, so he tells us to go off this edge and go down. We know that there's a bear in the area. We'd, he'd seen it days before me, not being prepared as far as I haven't. I mean, at that point, yeah, I've hunted some bears, but I haven't, I hadn't hunted a bear in 10 years, something like that. Never like that really. Well, never like that. But I mean, as far as the baits go, it's really nice because you get to learn their communication levels and what they're doing and i wasn't in tune to that because we get down and we have a call set out because they they made it where you can use electronic calls now and so i've got a fawn uh fawn in distress because their cat the elk are calving and uh eli keeps telling me so we're backed up against like if you can just picture straight up straight down we're sitting on the only piece of ground that we can sit without our rolling down the freaking mountain with a like a 20 30 foot cliff directly behind us and so I purposely had kind of set up next to that so that I didn't have to worry about what was behind me I could focus on everything to my side and in front and Eli kept saying he hears something above us and I'm like I, I don't know what to tell you man because I can't hear it I don't know what you're hearing well he was adamant on it like there's something there well about 15 20 minutes after he had not heard it again our wind switched and I said all right I think we should Try to pick this, and if we can't get him to come out, it's not, I mean, there's not much we can do. And we'll move around and maybe try to cut him off if it is a bear. We don't know. And next thing you know, I'm packing my stuff up, and I hear some. now I hear something up there. And I turn around just to look up on the cliff that's right above me, and a freaking boulder I mean, I should say rock, but I shouldn't say rock because I mean, it's big old thing comes flying off the, the cliff, and I'm like,
0: oh crap,
1: and freaking. Like five feet from me, like smashes, you feel it hit the ground. And Eli's like, What? What? I was like, Did you not just see the huge freaking rock come flying off the hill? He goes, No, I didn't see that. I said, Well, look down there about a mile. It's in the freaking creek now. And I said, He goes, Well, I guess we're done with this spot. Well, it turns out we have to go that way to get back to where we were trying to get to. And we ended up pushing a bear that I didn't, I should have known that the only way that rock came off that cliff is from something. Like pulling it or whatever and bears, for anybody that doesn't know, they'll a lot of, they'll roll rocks over and stuff just to get the grub and stuff that's under them. And so I was at that point I was like, Huh, I wonder if a bear did that. Didn't trust my gut. Go forward, we're like, I don't know, it's almost a mile back to where the horses were at. We see a cow and a calf down in the bottom, which is another reason why these bears are in the area because they're calving right, right. now, and so we see the calf it couldn't even walk because it was so fresh. And I guess they walk within 24 hours. I thought it would be longer than that, but so it's that day right. basically. Keep going, and all of a sudden I hear like a <sighs> kind of thing. And I was like, in my head, I uh, first thing I, my head went to was, oh, it sounds like a bear kind of like doing their little like blowing thing at you. But I was also hiking and wanting questioning every bit of myself as to why I was here because it was terrible (laughs) having to climb what we were climbing and I said well we're close to the horses I bet you it's just a horse doing one of their little freaking weird thingies that they do and Eli said I didn't hear it I said okay well let's just walk along this little brush patch that it came that I thought it came out of just in case well we go walking through there and I'm looking in it and everything and it's thick that I I couldn't even see five ten yards really but i just was trying to trust my gut. Well, I get up and John and I telling John what had happened. And he goes, did it sound like this? And he did that. And I said, well, yeah, it sounded like that. He goes, that was a bear, man. And I'd be willing to bet that it's probably the bear that rolled the freaking rock off the cliff on top of your head. And, I ended up figuring out that the the horses were probably three four hundred yards away because I thought that they were on the next ridge over, but they weren't. Every time you get to the top of a ridge, you look and you, there's a lot longer to go, and so there's no way I heard the horses. It and so first day we had an encounter, an encounter of forty yards twice. That honestly, if I would have trusted my gut enough, I would just walked through that brush, and just. Pushed him out or tried to get just to at least get an eye on him and then waited for him because there was nowhere. I mean, he was on a mountain, but there's nowhere else for him to go. So it would have been a matter of either he's going to make a move at us or he's going to try to just sit there or you just wait him out. and He's going to move out at some point because
0: well, you'd be surprised what they can climb.
1: There's nothing to climb right there. Like oh, yeah. there, No, I'm saying there's no way as far as where I wouldn't be able to see where, oh, like, be able to shoot it. around or see where he was going because he was in one patch of, of brush with a stream going through it. There was no tree to get up. There was no, nowhere he could have dove off where I couldn't have got to him because even if he did, I would have been able to shoot him on the other ridge that was over there because it was only 40 yards because it was straight down and straight up. And, but I mean, we, we ended up calling in um, a sow and two cubs to 25 yards to an elk call, simply just a cow. Whatever the heck you call it. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. 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 I was actually using a coyote call for it, but we did that and they came right in. And that that was really, really cool because it was a color phase. It was a chocolate sow, then a chocolate cub, and a pure, pure blonde cub. And John's like, man, I'm surprised you didn't shoot. I was like, it was a freaking cub. I'm not shooting a cub. It was, well it was a two-year cub, and it definitely was. It was about the size of their mom at the point, and but he's like anybody that I've had that would come in here would probably shoot that because of the color color of it, because they never see it either. I mean, it was close to white, but I was like, I'm, I'll hang my hat on I was that one. Say, I think I that's mean,
0: a good call and not shooting. I mean, I would have felt bad. I've known people that done the same. That you know, they don't shoot the mom. It's illegal to do that in yeah. most states, but, but maybe you can't that, shoot them there either, right? But it's not illegal to shoot the cub. And yeah. we're not talking about a football size cub. We're, yeah, we're talking about, about they're two. They stay with mom for two years, and that second year they can be a hundred pounds or more. You know, they're just about ready. They to all go do off. that. Yeah. Typically.
1: Sometimes really? it's three. I think isn't it? Sometimes if kick, she doesn't. Do they no. hibernate together that second yeah. year? Really? They hibernate together the first year. Well, oh, that's, that's right. where she has them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she has them in there.
0: But but it just depends on whether she gets bred again, and then it I think mm-hmm. is whether she kicks them off or not.
2: So when those boars try to kill the cubs, are they try to kill the cubs the first year when they're little, or are they try to kill me when they're Anytime.
0: Two? I was gonna say anytime that they think that they can get mom to come back into heat. Anytime so there's a, a,
2: maybe they got big, in, like the like well, a two year cub was bigger. They than won't They won't mess, mess with them with. as
0: much because they can fight back now, right? You know. So, but any footage that we have, where we we've got footage of bears of, of boars trying to kill cubs, and they were little guys, like. 20 pounds, 25 yeah, pounds, yeah. not little tiny. I mean, I've seen them as small as 8 or 10 pounds, you know. Um, but, no, when they were 25, 30, more like a, you know. Not, a dog. Yeah, not quite the size <laughs> of a lab or something like that. That's when I've seen Which, the...
2: for people that don't know, they'll try to kill the boars. Sometimes will try to kill the cubs to get the mom
1: to come back oh, into heat. Right. Yep. Anytime. Wow. Yep. Yeah, so we tried calling. <laughs> we even tried calling as, a like, a cub in distress, too. But that elk call. I mean, it wasn't even a like a calf in distress or a calf looking for mom kind of thing. It was just simply that it's just a, you yeah.
0: know. Well, and, you know, she's going to be as opportunistic as she can be. If she can be around elk, then all she has to do is one drops of calf and, you know, her and her cubs have a chance to eat. Yep. You know, free, it's not a very big meal, but it's kind of yep. a free meal. They don't have much defense when they're that little.
1: We did get to uh, hunt a wolf one afternoon. We yep. had a, a wolf that was, uh, I, had a, I had a bear tag in my pocket and a wolf tag in my pocket. And we had, where we were going was where I was, actually, that's the only reason we didn't get a hunt what I had thought was the great crossing point, was because we got distracted with the wolf, because John had seen it from behind us, and had seen like 200 yards up the canyon from us is all, there was a lone, a lone wolf running through there. And <clears throat> I just don't think, I don't think we called it correctly, but at the same time, Ugh, I can't wolves are a whole nother like I'm not even anywhere close to the knowledge level to actually kill a wolf let alone the fact that I had my bow so Aaron was looking Aaron that's was tough. looking at me like uh get ready I, he said what's that tree over there I said 100 I've got a clear shot through to 100 and he goes okay well if you see that thing get in that opening, you better shoot I was like I'll try man but this is gonna be very interesting that's like the only a coyote or a wolf are the only two that I would do something like that with. But they have over they pay you now for them out there right, to kill wolves, that. like a g- couple grand a wolf.
0: They want you to kill or
1: like they'll uh, on top of paying all your receipts and everything for however much gas you spent to get up there, food to get up there, your ammo. Like, yeah, it's a good deal. Yeah, how much a wolf? It was like a grand or two. I have the video of him telling you how, how much many, it is. How many tags can you get? It's Coyotes. I mean, they have the, the laws oh, are like coyotes. Coyote completely unlimited now. It's unlimited, but the ki- the weird thing is they have it, all the laws of coyotes, but you have to buy a tag still. So you can keep going to buying tags, but and it's year round now. But it's, uh, I mean, a coyote you obviously don't have to buy a tag for. Hmm.
0: So, five day bear hunt. You guys saw three bears, one encounter, lots of elk, beautiful scenery, really tough hunt. Mm-hmm. Which you knew going into. Was kind of what you were looking for, yep. But if someone wanted to do it, they better get along with horses. Yep. He does do some stuff where he takes you in on a UTV, but he has, must have to stay on the national forest. We ended site.
1: up not even—I don't even know where that's at. He told me that if you go one, on one ridge, we'll be able to take the UTVs, and one ridge is the horses. And I don't—we never got to that. I don't think because he had had the bears in the right the right spot with the horses.
0: But he'll do um, guided bear hunts for with dogs. Yep, they'll do it with baits. Yep. and then spot and stalk, and you don't have to take a bow. You could take a rifle.
1: Ninety nine percent of them use a rifle. Right. Yep. But I mean, if you're on a bait too, I mean, it's twenty yard shots, thirty yard shots. Right. I mean, it's not far at all, and uh, also if you're like doing the hounds, it's still like you're you can walk up to
0: the tree. Right. And as long as you're comfortable shooting straight up, but but you're but I guess my point is just to to reiterate that. Even though you were unsuccessful as far as filling a wolf tag or a bear tag, you've told me multiple times you will go back again. You want to go it was, back.
1: It was the best outfitting experience I've ever had in my life. It was it was one of the best hunting experiences I've ever had in my life. Whether it was the views, the interaction with the horses, riding the horses in places that people don't even get to see half the time in life, the experience of the animals you got out there, the fact that I went from a bear to a wolf in the same day, like that's pretty cool. As much as it's not And some of the history. You, I mean, oh, yeah. There's
0: a ton of history. And, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is that typically I can't say that we've hunted with any outfitters that they don't know their area so well. You know, they know everything about it. They know the people. They know what runs this way, what does this way. I mean, you think about Canada and the issues they had with Bigfoot and some other mm-hmm. stuff in certain places they wouldn't go back to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and y- you can kind of joke and make fun. But there are certain things that w- when a guy's been out in the bush or it, back in a mountain and you read this about someone who was there and this happened. Man, you got to take some of it. it you got to say, OK, there's something to this, you know, whether I was here or not, especially some of the stuff that you're that you were talking about from this trip was eighteen hundreds. Yeah. You know, and it's still been documented up there. Um, and they it's had still there. There are graves
1: out there out there from the 1800 We were hunting on a mine the entire time. Like that whole entire canyon was a mine that's all still there except the entrances they've like uh sealed them off. Yeah. I mean, you can't really for you can purposes. see you can literally see the tracks where they come out of the uh out of where the side of the mountain is and the tracks just drop off the mountain like off a cliff. I'm like why would they do that? And he goes, well, that's just one of their tracks for when they would bring all the crap out that it wasn't worth anything. They'd pull it out there and then they dump it off the cliff and then they'd go back in. So, like, it's sealed off, but then there's random tracks coming out of the side of the mountain. Like, it's, but, and there's graves up there that you could, they, the National Forest is even, they keep them up, they upkeep. So, like, they make sure the headstone is still good. They have an ammo box where you can, people can sign who's been up there, but right. also, like, a piece of paper that has this person's story like there's there's a town that's back in there there's ten thousand people a mining town in the middle of the mountains like we never even got close to it because it's so far back in there Ten thousand people and you go in there now and he said you can identify a couple different like what were structures it's because but because they never knocked it down they never did anything it's just that's grown up right that's crazy and he'll he'll take you on guided freaking rides we can go in there and I mean that was another half of it just sitting there listening to all the the history and stuff I would 100% go back and do that one again
0: Well he, and I think the other part that is and and I guess what I want to make a point of we just posted a picture the other day of all these successes and I mean we had what nine white-tailed deer or something like or seven white-tailed deer and an oryx and
2: it was 13 mounts total Okay yeah. and
0: between 6 of us right or 5 one two I three. Think Mitch four. had
2: two in there, and Nick had
1: one. We yes, didn't so have we those 10. in
0: the picture, though, did we?
1: No, but we. Had, I brought back thirteen. So brought it was back 10 thirteen, total.
0: but we took a picture. and and a lot of people have commented. Hey, I want to be you guys. Um, man, looks like you guys need a better job. You know, you don't get to do what you. But <laughs> it doesn't always go. We're not always successful. I mean, we're just like you guys. We're hunting places and things don't go, but we do go a lot. We are persistent. We'll, Easton's not done with this bear hunt. I mean, he may be done this year, but he goes back. And eventually, I have no doubt in my mind that if either one of you guys put your mind to something, you're eventually going to get it done. I mean, the the only thing stopping me anymore is I'm starting to get older and you physically can't push yourself to that extent that I wonder now, I mean, I'm not saying I'm done by any chance. Cause I yeah. still ain't made Alaska and I'm going to make that one. So, but my point is, is that for those of you out there that are going, man, I just want to go on one hunt. You got to go do that first one. You, you need to pick something. You need to go do it. And, and you know, you can, and saving the money or whatever, or making the money. You're only one. And I'm about to turn 55. There's only one trip here and and it may seem like year after year is a different trip that's not yeah. necessarily that's not the trip i'm talking about i'm talking about when you're born to when you die you only get one shot at all this and so man if the, if there's someone out there sitting on the fence and you just you wait too long you may never get to do it i'm i'm one of those really 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 fortunate people that have gotten to do a lot of the stuff that i had that was my bucket list yeah. and i think it's huge that at 22 or now 23 and 27 is it twenty? Still twenty seven, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's okay. He 24. called me twenty
1: two, and I'm twenty three.
0: No, but my point is, is yeah, but that yours is fresh. Yeah, That's but you bad. guys are starting to fill those bucket lists, and so I, I hope that people out there listening to the podcast are—I know they are. If they're hunters, they have whether you officially have a, bu- a bucket list or not, you have something you want to go do. Figure out a way to set a, you know, make it – you know—make it happen. Make it happen. Set a date. Set a time. Set a dollar figure because it's not going to do anything but get more expensive. I don't care whether you're going DIY or you're going with an outfitter or what you're doing.
2: Well, no um, matter what, any of that stuff that you're going to go do, that's a new adventure. You got to start somewhere. Now, I think you need to be you need to be careful. I mean, part of what makes it a cool thing when you can check something off the bucket list is the journey that you went through to go to get there. To get that, you know. So if you had a couple hunts that weren't as productive along the way, that makes it more valuable, but at the same time, you know, if it's one of those deals where you know, you need to spend the money one time and, and have the best experience you can. You need to make sure you do your research, because I think John wouldn't lie to you. He's going to tell you, don't come here expecting to see 20 bears. Yeah. You know, like, that's not realistic expectations for what this hunt is. Uh, you know, and, and most 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 outfitters, I think, there's a lot of crappy outfitters out there, but you can do your due diligence, and you can and you can weed those out, and, and most of them will be pretty honest with you on what Don't, to
1: expect. You have to go into it with the right mindset, too. Even though it's an outfitted hunt, you have to have the mindset of you're not there for only the harvest. As Absolutely. much as that's yep. a cherry on top, you need to be there for the hunt because well, that's it's a, a th- wild animal, and they— even the outfitters that have been doing it for 40 years can't guarantee that that wild animal is going to do exactly what they need it to do. They when can't you're control
0: there. the weather. Yep. They can't control other people. They can't control what the burns and things, fires come in, all kinds of stuff. Yep. But,
2: well, I mean, just, and for most people can probably relate it to deer. Look at how much information, how many cameras, how much access we have to a white tailed deer most of the time and how challenging they can be to kill. For sure. Now take an elk or a bear or a mule deer or whatever and put it on millions of acres of land that is that easily 50 times that the size that of what you're used to, yep. and now try to pin it down and do it with a bow.
0: Well, the thing that, that, that I look at, I, I can't remember what I was doing yesterday or the day before, is what has changed so much is the learning curve. The learning curve is so fast now. If you want to learn about an Alaskan brown bear or you want to learn about a zebra or you want to learn about a black bear hunt in Idaho, you can go find a podcast like this. And we'll and, and then you can actually contact those people and say, hey, what would you say about this? And next thing you know, you have this plethora of information right at your fingertips mm-hmm. where 25 years ago, I would say th- maybe 30, when when I first started doing all this, there was no internet.
1: You're asking a friend of a friend, a friend of, of a friend.
0: friend. You're calling yeah. someone, maybe they'll tell you something, maybe they won't. And it's not that most of the time you just don't get a hold of the right person.
1: A lot you ain't getting pictures to back it up either yeah, a lot of time. I mean, I mean it, unless it's harvest, so you're not getting trail camera pictures. You
0: had you had such a hard th- the learning curve was just harder. I'm not trying to I don't want to paint a picture of climbing of freaking going to school uphill both ways. <laughs> that's not what I'm I'm just saying that's the, the era that I grew up in. You didn't have the access you have now. And I think it's freaking awesome that, that it's out there. And as long as people that are in our position, and I'm not saying television show, I'm saying people that are doing a lot of hunting, we can help. We, we can actually give you some pointers and things like that. And so take a look at it. Listen to it, man. You know, And you'll find the people that you trust and you'll know. And like I said... What I when we started this podcast, I said you're the guy I want to talk to when I'm talking to someone about going with an outfitter.
1: Yep. I want
0: to I don't want to know the guy that killed a 190 inch deer because he's going to tell me it was freaking awesome. I don't want to know the guy that killed the big bear. I want to know the guy that got to go, and didn't kill something. How was it? What you know? What was it like? What it, and and it may be that you don't care about food. You don't want to ride a horse. Pick a different outfitter. You yeah. know, I mean, there's all different kinds of things out there. The great thing is, is now we have that uh, that opportunity to go find what we want to do. Yep. So, no, my hats off to you, man. It's uh, I mean, you guys came back twenty pounds lighter, and from even yeah, though I, you were, I did not know that were, I
1: I lost weight, and everybody's <laughs> been asking me I've lost did you weight. You actually weigh yourself? No, but I've had I multiple don't, I people don't feel like you did. But. multiple people have come up to me now. Hey, did you lose weight? I thought you were a skinny rail before. Oh, it was a skinny rail before. Now I think I'm just skinny. I don't even have well, the rail to me.
0: I don't know. But I know that you guys work your butts off, and the footage that you guys did ac- accomplish is beautiful stuff. It just yeah. didn't kill a Great bear. Great
1: for, for a scenery photographer. <laughs> yeah. We got to see a lot of elk. I mean, we saw a lot of elk. Right. And it, it, I've never seen a calf that young either. That was really cool for me to be able to see that. And then just having cubs, sound sound two cubs right there that are... It's like turkeys right. with their noises they make. You don't know until you're in it, like hearing a turkey drum or spit and stuff. Yep. They're making weird noises, too, that you're like, what in the world is that? But you only get that opportunity if you're close to them. So, yep.
0: Anything else you want to add?
1: Oh, there's tons to add on that hunt. But if anybody's wondering, check should, it out. Yes, yeah, should send, go. Well, send
0: I mean, us a message, though, because Easton can talk to you directly um, about his experience, not just with the outfitter, but just the experience in itself. Yep. Um, anytime you travel a thousand miles or more across the country, you got a lot to talk about just in the scenery yeah. you see from there. Yeah, so no kidding. um but anyhow, guys, we sure appreciate it. And we can't thank you enough for those of you that have been sharing the podcast with your friends, for writing the reviews, the ones of you that have been asking questions. And again, I would be a liar if I just tried to blurt out an answer to something that I want to have good information, but we'll make sure we direct message Brady. Um, but anyhow Long story short is we just can't thank you guys enough. The podcast is going really well and we really appreciate you guys and hopefully you appreciate us. And on behalf of my two special guests, um Big Head and Easton, um Hey, I'll take we, that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Big
2: my Head because, because because smart people, people are, enjoy Oh geez no other people with camels. ADHD
0: like it. Right. But thank you guys. We sure I'm appreciate it. Sure he you.
1: was the one that made the double hump joke. And on that note, Raised Hunting Podcast is signing off.
0: (laughs) We're out of here.